Welcome to uh, this episode of Whiskey and Wealth Tech. I'm Alex Sermon, the Managing Director of Wealth and Institutional here at First Rate. Today I've got David Curtis joining me uh, from Bond IT. David, thank you for having me. Uh, we're in a bit of an unusual uh, location for this episode. You want to tell us uh, where sure. we are and uh, you know what we're doing here? Sure. Well, firstly, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a fan of your podcast, so being able to appear in one is a real treat. Um, meeting you for the first time in person in London uh, is, uh, again, similarly a treat. And with all of those uh, firsts, I thought, why not film it from my whiskey cellar? Yeah, I'm an obsessive whiskey collector, and I'm going public with it <laughs> on the first-rate podcast for, uh, for the first time. But this is indeed the basement of my house in London, and um, yeah, you get a pretty good field of view on some of my, my very favourites in my collection. Absolutely. I mean, it's an honor to be here and to get to experience uh, your little hideaway. I mean, this is, I think I'm surrounded by more whiskey than I ever have been before. And, uh, you know, it's just pretty incredible, the the collection you have here. So appreciate you, you uh, opening up a bottle with me. Not at all. It's always nice to be able to, you know, share something that I um, have collected with a true admirer of whiskey, which, you know, just talking to you and Hearing some of your knowledge, you know, you're, you're clearly right up there, Alex. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so what are we drinking today? Yeah. So this is a pretty special bottle. Yes. Um, it's one that I own some casks of up in, up in Scotland. But this is, and I'll try and show the bottle here. This is an Arran. So the Isle of Arran, um, I think they opened in 95. And this is a 96 uh, that was bottled in 2016. Now, Alex and I spoke about this. It's a single cask. Yes. Right? We're both big fans of single cask, which is different to single malt. So this has got the cask number on, 1642. And hence, you get a very, very consistent whiskey when you, um, when you uh, drink from a single cask rather than a blend of different casks. So uh, what do you think? Oh, I mean, this has been... Oh, this is incredible because, I mean... Right off the bat, since it is cask strength and single cask, so it's not watered down at all um, from where they pulled it out of the barrel. And so higher proof than you might find at, you know, your average yeah. bar. But, I mean, you can definitely tell it packs a punch on the nose, but, I mean, it's also very sweet. Yeah, 52.6. And perhaps um, deceivingly mm -hmm. drinkable, right, with that oh, sweetness. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, second it hits your mouth, I mean, it is smooth it's mm. sweet it's easy going down um a lot of honey a lot of um a little bit of caramel a little bit of vanilla on it you know it is it is aged in a uh, a sherry cask so yeah, I'm not getting was. not getting the typical sherry notes that i usually find in a sherry cask mm. but it's absolutely delicious good good yeah i think um, the sweetness is there, but you're right. Like the the coat's a bit lighter than I'd expect from a sherry cask as well. So it doesn't say if it was um, a reused sherry cask, but perhaps mm. it was. Yeah, maybe. But this is phenomenal whiskey, and so you know, it, I I am uh, certainly certainly pleased <laughs> and appreciative of getting the opportunity to come here and, uh, and drink this well, with you. We did open a 96, if I may say, because you that's may. the year of your birth as well. So yes. it's always nice to have something that, I guess, you know, the the the, um, the barley. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, when in 96 were you born? January. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you you're just ahead of the barley on this one. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, but I mean, so that's one of those bucket list items that it's like you know I want to have a whiskey that's exactly my age. I'd love to have a whiskey that's older than me. Yeah. So having started drinking whiskey right at about 21 for legal reasons, um, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to have whiskey older than me, but I've never had a you know I've never had this kind of you know hand selected bottle single cask of the exact year of my birth. So this is a pretty, pretty darn unique experience. Excellent. Good stuff. So now that we talked about the whiskey, while yeah. we enjoy it, let's yeah. talk about, you know, so I mentioned earlier year with Bond IT. So, you know, what, what is your role? Yeah. What is Bond IT? And could you just kind of give us a rundown of, you know, what you do and uh, who yeah. you guys are? Yeah, certainly. So at Bond IT, we're applying... AI and other advanced technologies to fixed income markets. Mm -hmm. Whilst um, equity markets and FX markets are much more consistent, uh, fixed income markets have a degree of complexity mm -hmm. that hasn't really been tackled by modern technology. Mm -hmm. And that's what Bond IT is doing now. We're on the cusp um, of digitalization in fixed income. So we're inventing customized workflows, mass customization for the retail market, applications in institutional, new ways of looking at credit markets, using AI and more complex mathematics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a really wide field uh, on where we can apply um, the technology that we have. Absolutely. And so, you know, you're, you're focusing on fixed income right now. Is there any kind of, you know, uh, I guess, roadmap of moving beyond fixed income? Or are you primarily focused on, you know, really being yes. the, the leader in fixed income and, and staying in that lane? So I, I think a couple of comments. One, you've got to have something that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Okay, you've got to have like a spike of expertise that you're known for. So we've we've certainly developed that. But... In our academic work back in the, with the development team in Israel, we come across all kinds of opportunities. So mm -hmm. we have equity clients at the moment, okay. and we've done some equity POCs. In fact, particularly around portfolio optimization, fixed income is the hard part. Mm -hmm. So sometimes clients want multi-assets, and so we'll provide yeah. equity options for them too. But the hardest thing, and I think it was Tim Cook who said this, is deciding what not to do. Because mm -hmm. there's so much that you can do with technology. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to decide what to do. And there we're really led by our clients. So mm -hmm. I like to think of ourselves as having very innovative products, mm -hmm. but also being really open and responsive to what clients need. Yeah. Because that's the best indicator of where the market needs your assistance. Absolutely. You know, speaking from experience, you know, our, our list of uh, projects that we would like to do is way longer than our list of projects. Yeah. we're going to get through in an you know, easy amount of time. And so knowing what to do and what not to do is definitely um, a tricky, tricky way of doing it. And so being able to have clients listen, you know, to listen to, getting their feedback, understanding what their wants and needs are, certainly is a, a good indicator of where you need to be moving as a firm and what you need to be developing to, to meet those needs. Absolutely. Um, and so as being part of meeting client yeah. needs and yeah. things like that, you know, uh, you know, we've recently announced that First Straight and Bond IT are partnering and working together to uh, help our mutual clients, um, you know, continue to, uh, you know, be innovative 
add in things uh, like fixed income uh, transition rating classes to reporting, yep. um, other initiatives. And so why don't we talk about, you know, what what made uh, Bond IT and First Rate start this partnership? How is this adding value to our clients? You know, how are we um, helping move uh, the market forward with this uh, relationship? I, I think our um, first contact was more focused on some of the investments that you've been making in fintech because you're a very innovative investment company. But from that, I think we got to experience each other's cultures. Mm -hmm. And you were a very client-centric, innovative group mm -hmm. pushing the boundaries. And I think we perhaps appealed in the same way. Yes. So there was this natural dialogue with you and your, um, your co-workers. And... I guess the idea about credit came quite naturally because it was about data and enriching data and trying to give more to clients who we were already working with, mm -hmm. right? So I think you're right. This is the first thing we're going to do together. Yes. We're thrilled to, to be working with you guys. Uh, I've got very high expectations, actually, um, of where we're starting and where it, where it can perhaps go. But we'll, we'll listen to the client feedback on the way. Exactly. Yeah, I, I also am very uh, optimistic about, you know, what, what this means for our clients and yeah. for your clients and how um, this relationship will benefit them by being able to, you know, as you mentioned, enrich data, get more access to, um, you know, your innovative technology around, um, you know, fixed income, optimization, credit rating analysis, things like that, um, and putting that into the first rate platform and utilizing that as, you know, as you mentioned with, you know, multi-asset class accounts, being able to enrich that particular part of that account yes. in that fixed income section and make it to where, you know, in the U.S., it's something that, okay, people just kind of say, oh, that's the, the safety net yeah. kind of section of my portfolio. Now, how can we make that more of an, a value add yes. section of the yes. portfolio and it not just be, Oh, I know I'm supposed to invest, you know, whatever percent into fixed income, just in case something happens. Yes. Um, and so with that, you know, you guys obviously I've done a ton of research into the fixed yep. income market. Um, you know, you're very familiar with, you know, how these things are working and you're utilizing your proprietary AI to essentially predict when, rates are going to go up, when they're going to go down, are they going to stay stable? Um, and that's how you're helping enrich data. And yes. so with all of that knowledge and that um, information, next three to five years, how, where do you think that the fixed income market is going? I mean, yeah. rates all over the world have been rising um, quite yeah. a bit. I think uh, the, you know, I guess the London central bank recently uh, up yeah. rates yet again. So, um, you know, what with that, what are we looking at here over the next yeah. couple of years? No, it, it's a fascinating time. And I, I've i always enjoyed markets. I've always enjoyed investing. And we're probably in um, one of the least consensus environments that I've ever been in, you know, having worked for, um, well, for 30 years, right? Rates have largely been declining and credit mm -hmm. spreads have been narrowing. So yeah. now we're in this very different environment. Um I'm not sure I'm going to answer your question, but I'm okay. going to say what we do is arm people in two ways. We give them explainability. Mm -hmm. So in terms of our observations, we don't just say we think there's a 43% chance of a downgrade. Mm -hmm. We say 43% and why? 
Mm -hmm. Right. So we're directing people to the triggers that we think are most important by using our machine learning. Mm-hmm. It might be declining the equity price, or it could be a weakening in the fundamental data, say growth ratios or solvency data. We're, we're ingesting 350 gigabytes every single day around 4,000 issuers. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's data translated into a succinct view, but also with explanation. Mm-hmm. I think the other element... Um, and I'm sort of going to illustrate this, is there's explainability, but we're giving people a data source that's orthogonal. It's different to what they've already got. Yes. They might be running a regression. Okay, that's good. They might be doing fundamental analysis. They might be doing top-down on country sector. We're giving them something very granular, very mathematically orientated, and I can assure them it's different to what they're getting at the moment. Um <laughs> So I think armed with explainability and difference, they've got a better chance of understanding fixed income markets. I was in asset management for 30 years trading before that. So now in a technology role, I want to be the person giving people the tools to help them do their job of investing better. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hold back from giving you my personal view on markets, although... (laughs) We do aggregate some of this bottom-up data, and we have some very interesting sector views, Mm -hmm. some very interesting consolidated views on what the idiosyncratic data is telling us. So Mm -hmm. it's all available on our website, if I can shamelessly (laughs) plug some of our initiatives. Hey, plug away. This is is your episode to to do that. And you make a, a very good point with it's not just... You know, making data succinct, but explaining it as well, because um, a lot of concern that, you know, we've heard from people with AI is, you know, okay, is it just some black box? Was it really doing? Yeah. Is it actually doing something? Do you just have a guy in the back doing it all manually and claiming it's AI? Um, You know, those are things that have all been brought up. And so being able to to not only say, well, here's what came out of our AI machine learning, but here's why that that makes sense, why that's correct, you know, and being able to explain that. I think that is a, is a significant value add to clients. And so that way they've just got a lot more trust in what you're providing and they know that they really are getting that value um, yes. through the use of I hope so. I, I really do hope so. In my career and in my travels, there's often been a designation of difference between a fundamental analysis and a quant analysis. Mm. I think the accepted view nowadays is man and machine will beat man or machine. Mm-hmm. That, that's the common wisdom. I think people also know um, that you can't stop progress. Okay, Technology is coming at us. At yeah. us. It's, I, think, I think it was Richard Rauschenberg, the artist, who said... You know, you've either got to get out of the way or embrace it because technology mm-hmm. is here to stay. So, you know, people don't necessarily aren't necessarily comfortable, which is why mm-hmm. all of that AI regulation voice is coming up. It's really important. I'm not not um, dismissing it at all, but the explainability factor gives people a way to engage mm-hmm. in the data. And, and I think you're really right in highlighting that. That's our philosophy. We don't want to be just the advanced science technologies to technologists. We want to give people something useful for whatever seat they're sitting in. 
Exactly. And I think that's why this partnership with First Rate and Bondi Tea really makes sense. You know, as you alluded to earlier, you know, our cultures and, and why we're in business, what we're trying to do for our clients really does align. And in one of the more, you know, actual hands-on ways, we want to make it to where people understand what is going on and can more easily make smarter, better informed decisions yeah. around their investments um, as they move forward. Because, I mean, we're primarily reporting on, you know, prior prior month data, yeah. things like that, whether it's a monthly, quarterly, annual basis, whatever the client may be um, reporting on. But they're, the whole point of having that report yeah. is to understand what is going on with their data, how their advisor or their portfolio manager is adding value to them, and how you know that fiduciary is doing their duty there. And yes. so, you know, being able to provide ways that you know better enhance and better explain what's going on, so that way they can make more informed decisions, is is something that I think really you know encapsulates what that value add is. Uh, holistically now i mean there's a lot of other details and minutia there but being able to say um i'm adding value to my client and you're at the end of the day making more money because yeah. of x y and z um, it, it's it's a as we discussed economically geopolitically it is the most uncertain time many of us who have ever lived lived through therefore you need all the help you're gonna you can get mm-hmm um, I, I, I think some, number two, it's it's beholden on people to just use the tools that are out there, right? If you can make better choices by embracing new, better ways to do things, it just it just it just needs needs to be done. So, mm-hmm. and so, we've talked a bit about you know kind of the various services that yeah. um, Bond IT uh, you know focuses on. So some of which about credit rating analysis, others optimization. I know you've got a few unique ways of optimizing portfolios. Yeah. And so could you dive into a little bit more about that and help explain it to our, our listeners? Yeah, sure. Be delighted to. And um, I'm going to frame it this way, right? Optimization is the process that gets you from objective to being invested. It's mm-hmm. a portfolio construction tool. What matters to us most is crunching the amount of time it takes for this is what I want my portfolio to do, mm-hmm. to holding a list of securities in your custody account mm-hmm. and having a first-rate report on them. The optimization is a very powerful tool, but unless, again, you know, the client can use it and engage in it mm-hmm. to fulfill their needs, it becomes something academic. Mm-hmm. So we've done, we've done a couple of really clever things there. Um, one, we ingest live pricing and liquidity. So we allow you to build portfolios on what's available. Mm-hmm. So the illiquidity question in fixed income is diminished. You've largely got access to marketable securities, um, depending on some, some caveats. Um, then, all in one place, you can execute on that portfolio and transact it mm-hmm. through that live liquidity. So you don't waste time. You don't then pick up the phone and call traders and try and find the same price and prices change and you have to change the portfolio, you can go straight from buy side to sell side at the click of a button. So the optimization is the engine that does that. Um, It has to be fast, it has to be flexible, it has to be robust and consistent. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's the secret source of Bond IT, right? I think ultimately we've built an architecture and have an algorithm um, that enables people to very successfully build portfolios based on their objectives and constraints. That's excellent. And so, I mean, that's exactly something that I think people are looking for, being able to optimize how they're constructing that, how they can, you know, as you mentioned, turn their objectives into their investments and really get from point A to point B in a way that's easily understood and, you know, kind of gets rid of some of those, um, yes. you know, those issues that you talked about, like illiquidity and, you know, being able to have that live data and being able to utilize that um, does really benefit um, clients that you're cutting down on that time. You're able to be more accurate with what you're doing and get those, uh, those returns that you're looking for. Absolutely. So, you know, if I take your, your existing work with clients, I think scorable was a very obvious place to start mm -hmm. because we can inform them on what they're currently holding in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I hope we'll be able to highlight risks yes. that, you know, will move clients to take a closer look and scrutinize and find if it's the right asset for them. Mm -hmm. You've also got the holding data. Now, this is where the rebalance, the re-optimization could be used. Mm -hmm. If you take that data and say, if this is my objective, am I, am I on the right journey there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for my own little plug, yeah. on, on our side, you know, for future episodes, uh, you know, incorporating more risk information into reports is something that clients are looking for. And so being able to, you know, kind of to your point, see, is, is, what, am I, is what I am investing in efficient yeah. to achieve my needs? Like, are my risk and return, um, you know, contributions to the portfolio for the various asset classes, sectors, stocks, bonds, um, however deep of a level you need to go, is that actually efficient? And am I yes. getting, um, you know, the right return for the risk that I'm incorporating here? And so being able to then turn around, and utilize the data to optimize it and say, okay, maybe I should be investing in something different and having a tool and the data to know what that is, is going to be quite a game changer for folks. I think it's it's doing more. I, I, I guess the cliche is more with less, but it's more with what you've already got. Yes. Okay, you've got an uncertain environment. The other uh, element we see in all of our clients is resource constraint, mm -hmm. right? You, you have to do the same um, level of resource and get more from it. Therefore, you need to change processes. You need to adopt technologies that can help you. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a challenge. But we were speaking uh, last week to um, a client based North America. Let me, let me <laughs> not be too specific. They said the flow they're seeing on their fixed income desk was 20 fold what they were seeing last year. Wow. If you listen to one of our clients, they mention us in a, a, a podcast. This is the Pershing business. Mm -hmm. um, they talk about three times retail flow year to date. This client is seeing 20-fold. I'm, I'm not only asked about whiskey, <laughs> but I'm, some of my friends have been saying to me, where can I buy some bonds? Yeah. The yields on bonds are great. <laughs> so the interest in fixed income is phenomenal. We come from a couple of decades where there's been underinvestment in fixed income technology, and there's a margin pressure on people to get really good results for their clients, but mm -hmm. not necessarily spend more or make do with what they've got. So yeah. you know, to solve that, you have to do things in smart, clever ways. Exactly. 
Now, I know we're running up on time here, so on a you know, kind of final question. Yeah. What are other things that you would like our listeners to know about you or Bond IT, or is there a question that uh, I haven't asked you yet that oh. Uh, oh. you'd like to be asked? Look, I, I'm, um, I'm very keen to engage with clients that want the best technology mm-hmm. for the problems that they're trying to solve, primarily in fixed income or multi-asset. The level of inquiry that we saw in Q2 was the highest we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, tier one major, I think we had 11 tier one inquiries. Wow. So we're, we're here to help. We have a great reputation for delivering on projects. Um, the best question is the one you get from a client. So <laughs> rather than me anticipate it, perhaps ask away, get in touch. Happy to demo what we do in conjunction with First Rate at, at any stage. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to show you. And as you hear, David, reach out to us. You know, if you have any questions, we're happy to help and, uh, you know, get you what you need. But, David, thank you again for you know, inviting me here into your home and uh, opening up this fantastic listening with me. This has been an absolutely incredible episode, and I appreciate it. Terrific. So nice of you to uh, come and join me. Cheers. Cheers.